You're listening to episode 29 of the Kin Podcast. Welcome back. It's Marcela here, your host, and it's been ugh, over two months since my last episode. Now today I'm going to tell you why. Why I had a huge break in podcast recording, where I've been, because I know I just dropped off the face of the earth. There's good reason for it, or bad reason for it. <laughs> you decide. I'll tell you all about it. But... To make a long story short, I'll summarize it in this way. I'm having a baby. And everyone goes, yeah, cue the applause and the streamers and the confetti and everyone's so happy, which we are very happy about. But the day that I found out we were having a child, baby number three, because, you know, I have Juan Jose, who's five, and Nicolás, who's two and a half. The day we found out that baby three was on the way, all hell broke loose. <laughs> in terms of my health. And it's been a journey to get back to this microphone. So I figured that I kind of owe you an explanation. I want to tell you all about what happened, why I got so sick, why I've been away from the computer for so long, and where I'm going to go from here. So what do you say? If you've been wondering where I've been, if you are up for kind of a medical explanation of what's been going on and how I'm doing today, what do you say? Let's do this. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more. Celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin, kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host, Marcella Tremoro, shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Tremoro. So my last episode of the Kin podcast was released on July 23rd. It was on minimalism and why I consider myself a minimalist and all the good stuff about, you know, decluttering and all that stuff. But then I fell off the face of the earth. And that is because right around that time, I found out that I'm having a baby, baby number three. And I'm going to try and keep this short but in case you've been wondering what's been going on, why I haven't published since July 23rd, when I was doing it weekly, I had been so good since the, like the first week of January, one episode per week on the Kin podcast. Everything was going so well, so excited about everybody's support. I would, you know, sometimes walking down the mall and find somebody who would say like, I listen to your podcast. I would get emails, Instagram messages. It was incredibly fulfilling for me personally, but also just fulfilling to be of service to people. I was really pumped about it. We've been trying for baby three, so we had been expecting this happy news, and it was very happy news. 
But the day that we got the happy news, I came down with a really bad virus. And because I knew, thank God I knew I was pregnant, uh, found out the same day, I couldn't really take any medication. So for about a week, I went through fevers and really, really nasty sore throat to the point where sometimes I couldn't swallow. Uh, I was miserable in bed for about a week, went to multiple doctor's appointments, one of which, you know, my husband had to take me to one. My mother had to take me to another because I was just feeling so badly that I couldn't drive myself. And the the hospital is two minutes away, but I couldn't get there by myself. That's how bad I felt. So that was about a week long, you know, I even fainted now that I, I, I think back. There was one night that I got up in the middle of the night, um, to, I don't remember if it was like spray my throat with something that the doctor had approved, you know, pregnancy friendly, let's say. And, um, on my way back to bed, JJ just heard like a thump. He said it sounded like a coconut falling on the floor and it was my head, (laughs) my head on the floor. Thankfully I was able to sit down because I felt like something was happening and I sat on the floor and then it just kind of toppled over but from a sitting position, thank God. So, you know, it was really bad. It was really bad. And, you know, as all viruses do, they pass. Doctors assured me that the baby was okay and everything was fine. Well, I got about like three to four days worth of rest after that virus where I think I even worked out once. I was like, you know, this is going to be a healthy pregnancy. And I had this whole plan because we had been trying Uh, for baby three for a little bit, I had this whole plan of like, okay, when I find out that I'm pregnant, I'm going to go into hardcore podcast recording mode. And I even had like my content calendar of like what I was going to release every week. And, you know, I was going to record eight episodes in one or two weeks to have them all ready just in case I got morning sickness. And, and I, I say this because I had the experience with my podcast process back in 2016, 2016, that everything was going really well with my podcast process. And then I got pregnant with Nicolas and I got hit with morning sickness and that podcast just fell apart. And I really did not want that to happen with Kin. I love my Kin podcast. I love everybody who listens and I just love the community. So... I just feel really strongly about what I have to say, you know, the things that I'm, you know, talking to people about when I interview, um, you know, there just seem to be important conversations and things that are on my heart and I want to share. So I didn't want that to happen with this podcast, but guess what? God kind of laughed at me and he was like, you know what? I love your plans, but I'm going to rip them to shreds. And so before I could even record one podcast episode, for my whole like pre-record in case I get morning sickness plan. Um, I got morning sickness, but a very different kind that I was used to. And it's a type of morning sickness that's called hyperemesis gravidarum. And it's a complication of pregnancy. So it is an acute, very acute version of morning sickness made famous by Kate Middleton and Amy Schumer, who also have had it. I mean, there's so many women who have had it, none of which I knew. You know, we just hear the stories about Kate Middleton going to the hospital and getting IVs and Amy Schumer posting on Instagram of how bad she felt and 
all of these things and how much she struggled. Well, um, they say that one to 3% of women, pregnant women get hyperemesis or HG for short. I'll call it HG going forward. And like JJ says, like we should go by the lottery because I was basically in that one to 3% this pregnancy did not have it with my first two pregnancies, had a little bit of morning sickness, was able to power through. It was all good with this pregnancy. I got hit like by a Mack truck, um, it was about seven weeks long of the most acute period, the crisis, let's say, of my HG, where I was, for those seven weeks, I was in bed, um, couldn't some days sit up in bed. There was no way I could even walk to the couch. There were days where I had to shower in a plastic chair or with help. JJ would have to help me. There were other days where I would move the plastic chair outside of the shower but then as soon as I was done showering, you know, wrap myself in a towel and then collapse into the chair because I was so exhausted. And I lost significant amount of weight to the point where now I am 19 weeks pregnant and I've just now regained the weight that I lost in that first bit of the pregnancy. And I think I have like one extra pound on me uh, at this point. So I was put on lots of medication. I got to the point where I was going to get two IVs weekly. So I'd go in like on a Monday and then on a Thursday, if I could handle it, I would wait till Friday to have a good weekend. But, um, most of the time it was Monday, Thursday, I was going to get the IVs. There was another time that I couldn't wait. And on, you know, I couldn't wait till Monday morning. And on Sunday I had to go to the ER because I hadn't been able to um, keep any food down for a day and a half at that point, And that is no bueno. <laughs> um, you know, my, I'm trying to summarize here and this is obviously, it's really hard for me to talk about, but, um, I feel like, you know, I like to talk about my experiences because hopefully they help somebody, right? Just like I talked about my post weaning depression on a previous episode. I really want to be honest about hyperemesis and my experience with it. There were a lot of days where I would just cry and cry and cry. And Juan Jose, who's five years old, would just, you know, kind of rub my head. And, and he would even, once he even said, like, it's okay, mom, you're going to be okay. And my little guy, Nicolas, would just come up to my bed and always ask me in Spanish, like, you feel bad, mama? Are you sick, mama? And, you know, he's two and a half, so he would just kind of run off um, and, and keep playing. But it was, you know, seven weeks, almost two months of his mom, of their mom disappearing from their lives. You know, I was in bed and I couldn't get up. So I was not involved in feeding them, dressing them, bathing them, taking them to school. None of it. I wasn't playing with them. I was hardly seeing them. And, you know, I missed them incredibly. But at the same time, you know, when my mom, for example, who's, you know, a lifesaver would offer to take them for the afternoon to go play at her house, let's say. It was also a relief to me because it was stressful to me. I felt even more tense when they were around because they felt like they they wanted things from me and I couldn't give it and I just felt guilty. And so I missed them, but at the same time, knowing that they were happy somewhere else kind of was better. Um, I was always happy when they came home, but it would make me nervous. You know, there were days that like Nicolas would fall, let's say like right next to my bed and I couldn't help him. I don't know. It was just, or I would, but then I would feel terrible, uh, physically myself. So it was just a very complicated time. Um, I definitely 
was able to, or I was forced to, (laughs) I can't say I was able, but I was forced to ask for help. I was able to do nothing. So everybody had to do everything for me. Um, I'm very blessed to have childcare here in Nicaragua and lots of help around the house. And so, I mean, that's one of the benefits of, of living here is, is having help. And so, you know, JJ, there were days that JJ would drop off one child at 7 a.m. because Juan Jose gets into school at 7.05 a.m. Yes, that early. Then he would hit the supermarket by 7.30, come home, pick up Nicolás and take him to his preschool by like 8, 8, 15 a.m. And so, you know, JJ was just super dad, super husband, superhero during that time. And so was my mother. My mom was the best grandma ever. Um... She helped out so much, and she also went to the grocery store for me a ton of times because I just, we needed food, and we had no food, and I couldn't do anything about it. There is, like, an online service that you can order food online now here in Nicaragua. You can't get everything, but there were days where, I mean, just to give you an idea of how badly I felt, there were days where I was, I was first of all, I turned on my computer maybe five times in, like, two months because it was just, it took too much energy. Um, there were days that I would be laying on my bed and my phone would ring and I would see it was my mom calling me and I didn't have the energy to move my hand, pick it up and talk to her. So even ordering food online was like too much. I know this sounds like ridiculous. And when I think back, it's like almost like it didn't happen to me, but like it did, it really did. And there was days that, you know, You might know of my project, Everyday Salt, with two of my friends, Antonella and Consuelo. And one day they came to visit me here at my house and I was just in bed. um, And they came and sat on my bed and chatted with me. me. And it was kind of like having an out-of-body experience because I was amazed at how, how they moved with such ease, you know, they could move around, they could laugh, they could move their arms and their hands. And it, it was like effortless where here, like I couldn't, it felt like, I needed, it was like a marathon to like move my eyes, you know, it was just an extreme fatigue and weakness. And, uh, my body was like depleted completely. So it was a very hard experience for me because I had never gone through something physical like that. And as ridiculous as it sounds, it was because I am so expressive and I share like, (laughs) my entire heart here on the interwebs it was really hard for me to be honest about how I was feeling at the time not physically um, but emotionally because whenever I would talk to people friends family whatever everyone was like have you tried you know crackers how about ginger tea which actually ginger tea is actually very helpful but when when you have acute acute morning sickness and you're taking like heavy medication and not even that is working ginger tea is not going to do much um and I just felt like everybody wanted to throw suggestions at me and try and fix it when it's like obviously I've tried everything you know um I don't want to feel like this and I feel like it was really hard to express myself to people around me because it's not that nobody wanted to hear it. It's that it was excruciating for them to hear. I think it was, it was so uncomfortable because they wanted to fix it and they didn't, they worried about me that they didn't really want to listen to me. But you know, it's really hard to know this stuff before you go through it. But now I'm like, I really need to make an effort 
to just listen to people and just let them talk and maybe ask questions to get them to talk more. But I really need to not give anybody suggestions until they tell me it's okay to do so because, you know, sometimes people just want to get something off their chest. And I ended up going to my therapist. I mean, I think it's like every single episode here on the Kin Podcast that I talk about my therapist. (laughs) So if you haven't gotten the clue, I really love therapy. You should try it. It's amazing. I've recommended my therapist to so many people at this point. Um, So when I was almost 11 weeks pregnant, uh, I went to my therapist and I just sat there and cried and told her not, not, I mean, I had to describe the physical stuff for her to really understand, you know, the context of what was happening, but I really talked to her about what I was going through mentally and emotionally. And she was so helpful, you know, JJ had to drive me there cause I couldn't drive myself and he picked me up, but you know, he was like, are you excited? And I was like, you know, she's not going to cure me. You know, she's not like, she doesn't have some magical medicine, but I am really excited to have somebody just listen to me and hopefully try and help me a little bit. Um, and, and she did, she did just that. She gave me a few, you know, really good tips of what, you know, how to handle my mental process and, um, deal with my emotions. And the majority of it was, you know, I was suffering double more than I needed to, because not only was I suffering for how, how bad I felt in the moment, but I was also suffering thinking about what was going to happen next. How long was this going to last? What would happen to my body if it continued? How much more weight would I lose? How much more of my life would I miss out on? Because it just felt like I wasn't a part of life anymore. It felt like everybody was living their lives and I was just Like if life is a river, I was just a rock stuck and everything was, everybody was flowing past me and I just wasn't participating anymore because I couldn't physically. And that's never happened to me before. Um, If you've been, you know, really sick before, maybe you have had that experience, but that was completely new to me and it was a little bit traumatizing. So it was helpful to talk about it with her and get some new perspective. Now that very day that I went to therapy, I felt sick the entire day. You know, I remember the movies I watched, particularly because my therapist that day, that morning, had asked me about my faith and how I was feeling in my faith. And I told her that it felt like a USB stick that wasn't fitting into the USB slot. Like, I'm trying to, like, you know, get this to work and it's not working. And I felt like, you know, I just couldn't connect to God. I felt so bad physically that I couldn't connect. And, you know, it sounds weird, like... But that's how I felt. And that day that I got home from therapy, I picked this movie randomly, um, Jennifer Garner movie, Miracles from Heaven or something. And it was a beautiful movie about faith, about pain, about illness. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried watching that movie. And it really, it was kind of, it felt like it was sent from God at that moment that I needed that movie. Anyway, uh, by like 5 p.m. that afternoon after feeling sick all day, I felt good. I had a moment where I felt really good. And I was like, JJ, you know what? Let's get out of here. Let's go to dinner. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, let's go because I feel good right now and I want to have a good time. And he was like, okay, let's do it. So we went to have sushi, which, you know, I'm pregnant. I can't have sushi, but there were a few things that I could eat there. And I think what I was really craving was just the soy sauce. So... 
we went to have sushi and um, the next morning I was feeling all right and my friend Consuelo had organized something at her house and I felt like I was physically able to go. So we went and I was just so happy to be there at her house with a gathering of like 10 friends and I just could not contain my happiness, my smile because something as simple as going to a friend's house and hanging out with friends I hadn't done in months. And I didn't know if I believed that I would ever be able to do again. And I know this sounds silly. And it was, it felt silly to me at the time. I used to tell JJ, I'm like, I know rationally that nobody will let this happen to me, but I want you to know that I feel physically like I'm dying. That's how bad I feel. I feel like I'm just withering away and dying. So when that day I was able to go to Consuelo's house and, you know, just be with friends. I was just so happy to be there. So that was, that kind of was like a turning point at 11 weeks, uh, pregnant. And I still had bad days after that. I still had moments that were terrible, but there were more and more increasingly good days between the bad ones. And then it became, you know, three good days, one bad one, four good days, one bad one, and so on and so forth. Where now it's gotten to the point where the majority are good days. And now it's just very rare when I have a bad moment. And it's very rarely a bad day, just a bad moment that then I can bounce back from. So where am I at now? Like I said, I'm 19 weeks pregnant. And I am currently still on medication. I have successfully gone down to like half my medication that I was taking originally, but I'm still on some pretty heavy stuff, which is fine with me because it's keeping me well. That's okay. As long as the baby's okay. And the baby is okay. It's a baby boy, which we are really, really excited about. We have two boys and you know, if there's anybody made to be a boy mom, it is me. Marcela, the boy mom, I was made for it. We're very pumped, very excited. We don't have a name yet. I'll let you know when we do. I am still working through the emotional and mental effects of what happened to me. Um, you know, I've been to numerous therapy sessions. My therapist is, you know, I'm so grateful for her. I say this all the time. So grateful for her. And, you know, we're kind of working through what are the blessings that have come from this. And there have been a few. I mean, it, it's hard to say after everything that I described to you is so bad, you know, all the physical stuff that happened to me. There, there are a few things that, you know, I'm very grateful for as a result of all this nastiness. I've been journaling a lot about that. And, you know, I'm still struggling with putting all this out there. This has been a really hard episode for me to record. My therapist actually recommended that I not do it because I'm not through it yet. <laughs> but I kind of want to get back on the horse and start podcasting about other stuff. And I feel like I can't do that unless I'm honest with you first and, and explain to you what happened and share with you what happened. Because as always, my gift to you is always, I hope you can learn from what I'm going through. And, you know, just like I share with my post weaning depression and I'm sharing now with my hyperemesis. This, this case of HG, which thankfully wasn't even that bad. I mean, there, are there are stories of women who, you know, have nasal tubes and are in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. 
So, you know, I'm very grateful that it wasn't that bad. I'm very grateful for the support that I've had. I'm very grateful. But at the same time, you know, I'm still struggling to get back to being me. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with getting back on the creative horse. I'm struggling with allowing this to play out on its own timeline. I wish that I felt like myself again. I wish that I was able to feel confident and, you know, energetic again. But not there yet. And I have to be okay with that. And that is a very foreign concept to me. <laughs> and no, I no longer feel terminally ill, you know, but I'm still going through it. I'm still going through it. And I hope you'll be patient with me as I do. There is, you know, I'm sure there are more learnings to come based on this experience. And, and I know that, you know, four or five months from now, whatever, I'm not even keeping track very closely this time around. When the baby comes, you know, life is going to throw me another curveball and maybe I won't be able to podcast then and maybe I'll have a plan of podcasting episodes in advance so that then they can be released and you won't even miss me while I'm gone. But maybe I'll get another curveball and I'll be able to do that. So I just have to roll with life as it comes. And I'm really working on, in Spanish we say el abandono, surrender surrendering to whatever God has planned for me and rolling with the punches and not fighting it, not resisting it, not rejecting it and accepting it. And homie, it's hard. It's really hard. But one day at a time, there's a prayer by St. Ignatius that I love that relates to this. And it goes like this. Take Lord and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, all my will, all that I have and possess. You, Lord, have given all that to me. I now give it back to you, O Lord. All of it is yours. Dispose of it according to your will. Give me love of yourself along with grace, for that is enough for me. That's kind of what I'm trying to live out. And how hard is that? How hard is that? That is the most difficult thing in the world to say, God, take it all. And I'm struggling with that, you know, and I struggled with taking my health, taking my abilities, taking my motivation, taking my kids even away for a short time. It's really hard to lose yourself. But I'm coming back. If God wills it and allows it, I am coming back. And so I wanted to get this out there to you and say hello and that I miss being in your ears every week and in your inboxes and I will do my best when possible. Hopefully I'll be back every week. I can't promise because that would be, that would be futile. But my hope is to be back and I hope in some way or another this helps somebody out there who might have HG and doesn't know it yet or know somebody who has HG and needs some help. I really hope that this is helpful in some way. And there are more details that I could have shared and gone into more detail on my emotional and mental health at the moment, but I'm not ready to do that. I gave you what I could today, <laughs> and I hope that's enough. So I'm sending you a big hug, lots of love and light from my bed in Managua. And I hope that you are doing amazing and that your health is in tip-top shape because my awareness and appreciation for good health is 
has never been higher, never been greater. So that being said, thank you so much for listening. This is Marcela, your host, signing out.